It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. At 12 noon in the Valley, here we go, Las Vegas. This is Monday, October 2nd, 2023, and this is Nighttime at Noon. On Fox Sports Las Vegas, broadcasting live from City National Arena in downtown Summerlin, Nevada, on terrestrial radio and all around the planet, on all the Vegas Golden Knights social channels. Hello again, everybody. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, kicking off what is Season 7 of the Vegas Golden Knights here on Nighttime at Noon. Hello, Gary. Hey, Danny. What's going on? Uh, we got Bruce Cassidy coming up here to join that us. Is that's, that's, uh, that is true. That is, you know, there's a lot of uh, things to talk about, but we should begin yeah. there. The head coach will join us live in studio in less than 10 minutes. Uh-huh. So if you have uh, stumbled upon us, channel surfing, drive it around, wherever you might be, stick around. We'll have the head coach here in studio. And uh, that will be the, the centerpiece of today's show, but lots more as the Golden Knights embark on what will be the regular season coming up on the 10th, but still a few more preseason tune-ups following the win against Arizona last week. Yeah, three to go, and I would imagine the next game there will be some players in the lineup that, uh, you know, if you're Brandon Brisson, Paul Cotter, Maxime Comtois, Pavel Dorofiev, Ben Hutton, Caden Korzak, I would expect a lot of those names in the next lineup. And then the last two games, you know, are probably very close to what is going to start the regular season on October 10th, barring any unforeseen circumstances, such as injury or suspension. Um, so a big, big game for a lot of guys tomorrow night. And, you know, listen, Brisson has got two goals in his last two games. Uh He's looked good with Jack Eichel. I like the offensive upside there, but we knew that. We knew that Brandon Brisson had a, you know, I think the coach at Michigan when he was there said, we haven't had anyone shoot the puck like that since Max Pacioretty was here. Max has scored a lot of goals, scored 97 for the Golden Knights in his time uh, with, uh, with this club, and a lot of it based on his shot. It's the other stuff that, uh, you know, I'm not sure Brennan's quite ready. Like, you know, puck's coming up the wall in the defensive zone. Can you get it out? You know, that's something Paul Cotter's still working on. I think Dorfiev has the edge uh, in that regard on that group. When When he has to do something, the smaller parts of the game that are away from the puck or away from the offensive zone, Dorfiev has got a bit of an edge for me. And Comtois can do some of that stuff as well. The issue for me with Comtois, he's used to playing a top six role with the Anaheim Ducks. Well, They're a bad team, a non-playoff team. Now you're playing with the Stanley Cup champion, and he's not a top six guy with the Vegas Golden Knights. If they sign him, he'll be... He'll he'll be on the third line or or the fourth line, and you know maybe if there's injury, you pop up. Can he adjust his game? Because he's made some creative or offensive decisions in the offensive zone that borderline on risky that you get away with if you're a top six guy, because you just you have a little bit more leash. Bottom six guy, you know, if you're playing with Wah Carrier and uh, and whoever, you know, or or with William Carlson on his line. You can't make those mistakes. So the, the, Bruce Cassidy puts that line out there, and the first thing is, don't get scored on. The other part, 
the scoring is secondary when you're on when you're in those positions. So that's something that I think Comtois has to adjust. Yeah. So re- regrouping, you're stepping back. Jack Eichel is going to center your top line. Yes. Back Jonathan Marchessault to be on his right. Ivan Barbashev to be on his left. Mm-hmm. Second line, you're expecting Chandler Stevenson to be there. Mark Stone on his right. Brett Howden finish there on the left. You're yep. thinking that's going to be the case. Move to the fourth line, where it's pretty set. Carrier on the left, Watt center, Colasaur on the right. Then you move to the third line. That's where there might be a couple of question marks. William Carlson's going to be the center. No question mark yep. there. Then it's the left wing, the right wing. Mike Amadio is the likely guy to be on one of the wings. And then that's where... You might have your Paul Cotter, your Pavel Dorofiev, your Brendan Brisson, and I think that covers everybody. But that is that is the area where you need somebody to fit. So I, I bring all that up because Brendan Brisson has had this success, only Golden Knight with multiple goals here in the preseason. But he scored those goals while he was on Jack Eichel's line. He's not going to be on Jack Eichel's line if he makes the team. Uh, and not unless there was an injury, right? right? You yeah. know what I mean? Because he's not going to play in the bottom six either. Like I, he's, right. And that's kind of why I just laid out the Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started on third base, and you, <laughs> you got us. You got us. You took us through first and second, got us through all the. Took care of all those details. So, yeah, I think that, that there's. There's some opportunity. My guess right now, I, I thought that Amadio did all the things he needed to do when he played with Carlson the other night, and I think that the, you know, he actually had some jump in his game, and I think probably he's sending a message to Bruce Cassidy, this is my spot. And mm-hmm. and there's no, I've seen nothing from anyone that would say to me, okay, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got a battle here. I, I think it's Amadio's. And for me, the big thing for Michael Amadio, and we'll ask Bruce about this, Bruce has shown him how to play. Like, there was a lot of carrot and stick last year between Bruce Cassidy and Michael Amadio, and you got 16 goals out of him in the regular season. How many scored in the playoffs? I think he had five, right? You know what I mean? So very productive. Yeah. The thing that Bruce needed out of yeah, him was, what, what? yeah, the thing from Bruce was go to the net, and when the puck comes up the wall in the defensive zone, get it out. Don't make bad decisions in the neutral zone. Manage the puck properly. And when Michael did that, boy, he was an effective player. I, 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 what Cassidy wants now is, okay, just do that consistently, and then maybe we can go a step farther. Like, Michael Matter has nice hands. And if he's going to be, you know, kind of the more experienced guy on the wing on that line, is 25 out, out of reach for him? You know, like... Uh, He's coming off career year. Yeah. 16 goals, 27 points, yeah. far and away career highs. Mm-hmm. He did have more goals than William Carlson last regular season. Just point of reference. That doesn't mean it's an indication of future performance, but that's what happened last year. Yeah, well, they're going to have to find a way to find offense out of that line. With you know, That's part of letting Riley Smith go, who you know was pretty much an automatic 20-goal guy. But part of letting Riley go, and which enabled you – to keep Barbashev and to and to keep Aiden Hill was okay. We've got these young guys, Cotter and Dorfiev, who are no longer waiver exempt. So, uh, like, if they don't make the team and they and they want to waive them, they're going to lose them. Th- those guys won't clear waivers. Right. That, that's the last wrinkle I was going to mention mm-hmm. on this, Gary. Which is, it's not necessarily the best player gets the job. The waiver element 
might very much impact the decision that management has to make. The Golden Knights did have six players on waivers the other day, all six cleared, so they haven't lost anybody yet. But as we remember, they did lose Jake LeCision on waivers. That was during the season, so it wasn't one of these preseason you know, massive number of people on waivers. Yeah. You sneak somebody through. I mean, the, the, the Ducks just claimed somebody from Ottawa. It's like you have a few of those things to consider at this time of the year. Listen, if somebody had to come into camp and blown those, guy, those guys away, well, then you would have said, well, listen, we, we've got a decision to make, yeah. and maybe you would have risked waivers. Well, I haven't seen that. Right. Head coach Bruce Cassidy will be here in the studio at Studio 31 at City National Arena to talk about what we have seen so far in training camp and a few days in between games. What is the perspective now? The start of training camp, the first handful of preseason games are in the rearview mirror. They've trimmed the roster down. You're much closer to a regular season roster at this moment as you have been at any point since, you know, June. And they'll play tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. So head coach Bruce Cassidy will join us here in Studio 31 in just moments. But first... If you want to get the inside scoop on the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup run, you can, you know, hang out with Gary Lawless like I do or purchase It Hurts to Win, the official inside story of the 2022-2023 Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights online or at any of the team's stores today. Written by members of the Golden Knights organization, including chairman and owner Bill Foley, president of hockey operations George McPhee, general manager Kelly McCrimmon, and select players it Hurts to Win includes on-ice accomplishments, behind-the-scenes storytelling, anecdotes, and vignettes that will be shared for the first time. Available soon and ready for pre-order today. That's It Hurts to Win. It is 12.09 in Las Vegas, and you're listening to Nighttime at Noon. Hey, Knights fans, this is Alec Martinez. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Tune in to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network anywhere in the realm. Well, thank you, Alec Martinez. Mm. How about that? Marty. What a toss from the elder statesman on the Vegas Golden Knights roster. Welcome back. This is Nighttime at Noon. It is 13 past noon on this Monday, October the 2nd. We'll have Bruce Cassidy join us in just moments. And Gary Lawless, it is uh, important that we make mention of yesterday's commemoration of October 1. It was especially touching because it, it was a Sunday. It felt um, much like it was in 2017, and you were part of the commemoration yesterday in a blood drive, too. Yeah. I got the email a couple of days ahead of time that said that the blood drive would be Sunday morning, and uh, I, I mentioned to my to my family that you know, Sunday morning I'm going to give blood, and they were like, why? And I said, it's October 1. And uh, you know, my wife obviously... That resonated for her. My daughter was seven when it happened, and she's 13 now. She uh, she had some questions, and we talked a little bit about it, and then uh, that kind of opened the door for some reflection that day, and I was kind of remembering a lot of what had happened that day. And then, uh, of course, yesterday, uh, gave blood and then came out, and there was uh, a survivor. Uh, Giovanna was her name. She was shot during the concert on October 1, and uh, she's still recovering, still working to recover. And she uh, was good enough to sit down and, and share her share her, her reflection and also her, her current 
state of mind and how positive she is and how you know she's moving on with life and she said that she went to the healing garden on uh, friday night she's moved she's gone to arizona and they came over for for this weekend and they went to the healing garden on friday or saturday night and she felt that she was talking to the the, the victims the 58 plus and they were telling her it's okay to move on it's okay and uh it was very moving, very moving. Yeah, and I love that they have used the term healing garden as yeah. part of all that. And, of course, 58 lives were lost right then six years ago. Two more have been lost as a result in the time that has passed since, and how many countless more have been affected by it. So we're thinking of all those today who were affected, the first responders who were part of that. And, uh, you know, our, as we welcome Bruce Cassidy here to the broadcast, Bruce, I know that you were not here when October 1 occurred in 2017, but you were in Boston. You've had, uh, as a sports franchise, uh, you know what it can mean to a community to be in that role to help a community heal. Your thoughts on what that can mean for you and for your teams? Well, obviously, it was meant a great deal to everyone here in Vegas. Um, so, you know, and we went through a similar incident in Boston with the marathon bombing. Um, and obviously the Red Sox, if you remember, uh, Big Poppy made a passionate speech, and I think it can bring people together and, and help people in difficult times. So um, that's part of being a, a Vegas goal tonight now is to helping in the community and, and was a big part of it then and continues to be. So uh, I, and I think all, all our guys feel very attached. Um, again, I'm new to it, and I'm, I'm just, coming from behind but by the same token i know our, our guys are proud to be part of the healing process and continue to be indeed Derek england of course with the notable speech the very first golden knights home game ever and then they race out score four goals in the first period Derek scores one of them and people were crying and cheering all at the same time and what an incredible run it was and helped bring las vegas together and uh, a lot of winning was part of that just like your team did last year bruce trying to get Back to the winning ways here in the preseason. You're, you know, closer to the end of training camp than the beginning now. Four games down, three games to go before the regular season arrives. How would you assess what has gone on so far? Well, it's workmanlike. We're trying to instill uh, principles of how we want to play, remind the guys that were here last year about the details that help us win, and then the newer players or players that are coming from Henderson about the consistency of it, what it takes every day. Wins and losses were secondary in terms of the evaluation. You would like to win every game. Um, yeah. We have not done that. Um, but that's not, like I said, the principal measuring stick. It's who's made steps that are closer to playing, who could go into our lineup now that we're on the bubble, um, who's making progress that could be the future. So there's different levels of, of young guys like the Brabanics, the Demics that are brand new to it that go down. You have the guys that are still here fighting for spots, the Korzaks, the Pahals that were here, Brisson that's played in Henderson. Um, so players are at different places, and that's how we're evaluating guys. And where are our main guys at? Where's their conditioning? Um, how many games do they need? So we've gone, we've gone through all of those now where we're starting to pare down, okay, we're going to get our main guys in at least two out of the three games that are left and be ready for opener against Seattle. You know, it's been a while for you, I would imagine, to go through a first. You know, you you, you joined, became a young coach in, in the minor leagues, and there was a lot of firsts then. Got your first job in Washington, got to Boston, got to your first Stanley Cup. You've just won the Stanley Cup, 
but now it's a first in the sense of coaching a team that has won. And the general manager brought just about everybody back other than Riley Smith and Lauren Bressois. Everybody else is back. And now you're going to go into a bunch of buildings and you're going to be the target. It's going to be – so there there are some firsts here. How have you – have you done some preparation for that? Have you talked to some people? Have you got a plan of your, of your own? How What's the – What's the deal on that person? Well, yeah, I've talked to like Cooper and Beds that have won the last, um, you know, three Stanley Cups. Uh, the coaches there. Different circumstances for Coop and Tampa because of the COVID and the season length uh, playoffs being in July one year in August. So I don't know how much of that mattered to be honest with you. Bedsy a little more. He had a plan going in last year. It didn't work out. I think our plan is to pick up where we left off a similar training camp to last year I just feel like we were prepared to play out of the gate was that number of different reasons for that because the team had a chip on their shoulder they had time to rest that summer some newness I I don't know that it all goes into one but the plan was to get back to how we want to play and build slowly towards that and this is kind of the end of it this week where where our our guys are going to play some exhibition games and hopefully have a higher level of uh, heightened awareness on what's coming next in season I, I can't replicate uh, having a target on your back and I don't know that anybody can it's just the reality of it so you have to be a little more uber focused every game there, there's going to be no nights where a team's taking a night off not that that happens a lot in the National Hockey League anyway you're p- paid to play but everyone will will be the measuring stick game early on maybe not all year but early on so our guys have to recognize that not that comes with being a mature group, and I don't know how you necessarily prepare for that, to be honest with you, other than they're coming, and be aware of it, and we'll have to prepare the players even more before games and make them aware of it, but they got to live it. Great problem to have. Well, it is. It didn't hurt Tampa. I mean, they repeated, and they went to the final the third year, so if your group's ready to handle it and accepts that challenge, and then you'll be fine. You really will, if assuming all things being equal, which for us, as you pointed out, our roster pretty much is. Now, health can determine that. Did guys have career years last year? You answer that. I don't know. Did they? Eh, I don't a know. Few, if a few I, guys. Mike Benio did. I, yeah, I wouldn't but, sit here and say we had 10 guys that oh. just overachieved. I oh. think we played well as a team. We got yeah. better as the year went on. Some young guys stepped up. Aiden Hills of the world, Logan Thompson, given an opportunity, came out and played. They played well. So, um, you do need some of that. You're not winning with guys being average. And, and I'll put Amadio in there. Howden took advantage of an opportunity more in the playoffs, but it's not like his, you know, he's, he's a, all of a sudden became a 30-goal scorer. I mean, we used our piece as well. Jack Eichel had a good, you know, a good year, found kind of a little bit of rhythm, what it's like to be a playoff player now. So I expect some of our guys to be better than they were last year, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, so well, sure, some of the young guys are going to take that experience and uh, and be more confident and uh, and now have an idea on what it takes. Well, that everybody, young or old, now has yeah. an idea that hadn't won. Um, so that part is irreplaceable when you win. During the final last year, and uh, Dan and I, you know, we noticed this right away and we thought it was a stroke of genius on your behalf, you just said we're not. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to be afraid to talk about the fact that if we win the next couple of games, we're we're champs. We're we're not going to hide from it. It's there. What's the point of that? And I want to know. Some of your guys have talked about repeating a little bit, and th- the same type of thing. I you know I asked you this the other night after the game, and you said you know once once the season starts, we're going to move past it. But not afraid to talk about that. 
We're allowed to say we want to repeat. Why wouldn't we? Um, I'd be disappointed if we didn't. Um, I don't think... I'm not wired that way. I don't think it's taboo to be able to... You don't want to be talking about it in the first period intermission, right? I mean, you got to talk about what's in front of you. And then the day before and, and that morning, all those things, you got to prepare accordingly. I think we do a good job with that. I really do. I think our teams are prepared to play. So, you know, our, our staff does a good job, and our veteran guys do a good job of, of, of understanding that and turning the page as well. We've had some stinkers too uh, where we got to move on and just you know put it behind us, learn from it, get better. So um, that's a mature group. And we are going to talk about, and we have talked about, been asked about repeating, but on – on October 10th, we're going to start talking about, you know, what's what's the goal in front of us? Is hey, you got to make the playoffs, right? So we're we're going to be talking about what are we going to do and build our game to make the playoffs, and then you talk about if, like last year, we're in a position to do, to win our division, etc. What can we win? What's in front of us? And I, I don't think that's a bad thing as long as you're not getting too far ahead of yourself. We wrote a book this summer. <clears throat> it's called "It Hurts to Win," and uh, when I say we, Bruce wrote an essay for it, and. Uh, uh, my colleague Gordon Weigers uh, did a bunch of uh, fantastic writing for it. We've got uh, essays from Bill Foley, Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, Bruce, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, some really good stuff. In it, you, I was asking you about what kind of drove – you went 22, 4, and 5 down the stretch. And I asked you, like, how did you do that? And it was interesting. You said, uh, we figured out that our guys like to win stuff. So we just said to them, okay, win that. And the first thing was the Pacific Division. And then you said, you know, or, or sorry, make the playoffs. Then you said, keep winning and win the Pacific, keep winning and win the Western Conference. And that drove you guys down the stretch. How great is it to coach a team that does have that, hey, we like to win stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a competitive group. Um, our practices, we learned as the year went on, talking to Johnny a lot about is that anytime there was something at stake, even just – marshy chirping petro or whatever then our, our practices went up so we started designing things were a little more small ice games etc even if the end result was that one team had to do 10 push-ups 10 push-ups i mean you know that's it they'd, they'd want to beat the other teams so hold on could... 10 push-ups is a lot for some <laughs> of us so we they try and get 275 up 10 times <laughs> all right well <laughs> so at the end of the day that is you know what we saw in our group so let's appeal to that sense of competitiveness um, you know, every good hockey player has a, a, you know, you can appeal to their sense of pride, you know, when, when while you're coaching, but the competitiveness really came out. So that's what we talked about a lot and tried to script our practices to be a little more, not just touches, you know, where there's compete. And I think our, our guys responded well to that. Even right to the bitter end in the playoffs during Florida, we were doing some two-on-two, three-on-three low battles that involved D against forward competitive, you know what I mean? And most teams might not do that. They might do all just flow drills, and I still think it brought the best out in our guys, so that's probably where that came from. Jack Eichel is the closest thing the Golden Knights have had to a superstar. You talked last year about the relationship developing. You met him last summer back in Massachusetts, the things that you needed from each other. How has that relationship evolved at this point, and what can Jack be this year? Because I'm sure he's wanting to do even better than what he did a year ago. Yeah, he's going to want to build off it, uh, and he should. He's a young guy that still hasn't scratched the surface of his highest potential, I don't believe. He's got ways to go, and most guys his age do. They don't hit it that early. Um, 
So that's where he's at in his career. So where does that come from? Well, increased point total could be a, a better functioning power play, which he's part of. Uh, it could be uh, Selkie votes now as a defensive player because I think there's some recognition out there. I think people thought I was a little bit, you know, maybe always just fluffing up his players when I talked about Jack's ability to play. And now they've seen it with their own eyes, stuff that we saw early last year that he kept building on. So I think that's definitely out there and should be talked about. How he's going to do that? Well, face-off is one area people get judged on. Penalty kill. Well, penalty kill is not his fault if I don't put him out there. So this year in training camp, we're starting to build that into his game. Riley Smith left, so there's an opportunity for someone to take some minutes. So that'll be on me to make sure I balance his overall minutes without extending him so much that it hurts his game later in the season. And we like to team build, too. There's guys like Carrier and Colasar that kill every day in practice. Maybe we give them some minutes. So getting away from Jack. But that, those are the areas I think he can grow his all-around game. Uh, I think he'll just be more confident out of the gate, so you'll see just a, a, probably a more dangerous player because of that. Now he's got, don't forget last year, everything was new to me, so he had Smith and Kessel, if you remember, as his line mates to start the year. He finishes with Marsha Scholl and Barsha, Bar, Bar, easy for you to say, Dan, Barbashev. Barbashev, Neil. Um, and he'll get that from day one. Unless something happens weird in this next week, he's going to have continuity with his line mates and chemistry. So that's a third part of the equation where he should be up and running, and, and so should his line mates. So I look for all three of those guys to 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 be you know real good offensively. We know what Stevie and Stoney can do. They've we've they've talked you know it's been documented their time together. They'll have probably Howie now. That so we we got a little more continuity than we did the start last year and too. Just on the penalty kill aspect for Jack A. I thought he looked very good on the penalty kill. I'd be interested in what you saw. But number two, sometimes adding that part of your game, having those minutes, you have to think a little bit differently, and it, it can have a cascading effect on the rest of your game if you're involved regularly on the penalty kill. Yeah, we don't take a lot of penalties, so it wasn't a big thing to throw us out of rhythm last year. If you remember, we yeah. typically averaged, I think, maybe under three a game. So guys weren't losing a ton of their momentum in that um you know and carly killed and stevie and stoney so some of our guys who relied on to stay in the game but it does hurt the marcia souls and it hurt jack a little bit not being out there if they were up when we took, that's the worst part right yeah you take a penalty they're they're next up and now they got to sit for two more minutes that really kind of throws your rhythm off so we're going to try to build jack into that and he has done a great job in preseason i'm not surprised he's quick he's got a good stick he's smart he's long so Last year was a matter of we wanted to build some other minutes into other people's games and keep Jack at about 18 to 19 at the most. He may be up towards 20 this year. How does it affect his overall game? Well, his conditioning was outstanding. Um, he's come to camp in great shape, so maybe he's a guy that can truly handle that, and it doesn't hurt our team sort of structure what we're trying to do where we're not getting a 22-minute guy and then a six-minute guy down here. I don't believe in that. Uh, I think it's tough on those guys to feel true value in your team, so we're always looking at that. People generally want their superstar to be a 100-point guy. And to me, it's the conversation is yeah, if Jack has 85 or 95 or 105, it's we saw the complete Jack Eichel in the playoffs where he checked, you put him out there against really hard competition, and he was a little bit better than a point a game. To me, that's the what we just saw in the playoffs. If you get that from him all the time, you're going to be in really good shape. Yeah, and and their whole line would have been, their point production would have been up compared to probably what they typically are. So uh, that's how I looked at it. Um, I'm looking at it again this year. We're, we're a balanced team. Um, we also won a lot of games when Jack didn't score in, in the playoffs, a lot of games. So 
we're not sitting there going, well, if he doesn't score, you know, we're in trouble. Play well, do your job. Some offense is going to come. We saw it's over, you know, all the assists and playmaking. And Marshy does the scoring. So as long as someone's doing it on the line, like, I don't care who does it, to be honest with you. Sure. We need team scoring. And uh, it happened to be Marshy got hot the second half of the playoffs. And Barbie pitched in. Jack scored a little more early. So at the end of the day, that part to me is, is about the crest on the front, not the name on the back. Are you a one Thanksgiving or two Thanksgiving house? Uh, we are one. Really? I hate to say it, Gary, but... Um, uh. We, we we have Americans dominating the house, so the, the Canadian and me uh, doesn't get a large say. I will go gr- grab some turkey, whether it's a sub, anything. <laughs> I gotta I'm have, picking up I our. Should. I'm picking up. We we have a Canadian deal. We got a group of people that gets together, and uh, uh, I'm picking up the turkey this afternoon. Oh, 18, you are? eighteen pounds. Oh, nice, nice. So are you a uh, a mashed potatoes and and we uh, have gravy or Christine cranberries Gosher? or not? Good. We have everything. Christine Gosher makes a, a cheesy potato. Uh, there is, uh, there will be mashed. There'll be stuffing. There'll be fresh cranberry. There'll be uh, the jellied stuff right out of a can. Uh, gravy. You name it. We'll have it. Yeah. So we we weren't a big pecan pie people in Canada back then. It was more apple. So you apple or pecan? We have. Uh, we'll have a pecan. We'll have a pumpkin. We'll have a cherry. We'll have Dan brings cannolis. We don't fool around, Bruce. Oh, maybe not the cannoli. Talking about that, what were you saying about the, the push-ups earlier? Maybe leave the cannolis at home this year so we can get through those? No? Well, if you can have all those other pies, I'm not sure if the cannolis Where are does necessary. cannoli come in for Thanksgiving? Well, well it's we, the Italian. We got, Jersey, a, we got an so. Italian guy from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. We're, in, we're, we're the pilgrims. How we're did inviting, he get invited? We're inviting He's from every, New Jersey. We have a whole bunch. I'm not Canadian. We bring a bunch of Americans in. It's We're, thank, we're giving thanks for right. our friends. Oh, and uh, That's what it's about. So I like that. We might yeah. find an extra chair for you, Bruce. You have to leave uh, Julie and the kids at home since they've uh, they've denounced Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, she's from New Jersey but too. We'll, we'll she sque- is. We'll squeeze you in. in fairness, it's probably me not uh, trumpeting enough. It's, we're going to do it in November instead, type of thing. And the kids have followed my lead, All so right. that's on me. Bruce Cassidy is our guest. One last question. We'll make it a hockey-related question because the roster has been trimmed. Guys have been sent to the American League and their junior clubs, etc. What should a Golden Knights fan be looking for, especially as it relates to the competition for you know spots in the lineup and roster spots here in the last several days of camp? Yeah, you're going to see more of our roster on Thursday and Saturday as we get towards the end, prepping for the following week. So tomorrow will be a mix. Um, certainly some guys that need to play that haven't played as much lately. I think Paul Cotter played early and Nick Waz line. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the, the camp, we'll probably look more like we would opening night. Uh, I think goaltenders, Hilly hasn't played a lot. He's got to get Logan last year, so our goalies certainly need their reps. Um, and hopefully you just see a, a more buttoned-up game than, than sort of the loose stuff that you typically see with your first game as a veteran guy because you've been skating all summer. You're not used to having, I, I always use the term people around you. What I mean by that is physical contact, guys riding you off pucks, etc. So bring that more heightened awareness to your game. Um, and then the special teams will look more like they would, you know, the units. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's going to be a little competition, of course, but, we, you know, we know what we have returning and guys that helped us, you know, reach the ultimate goal. And we have some loyalty to those players, so they're going to get first crack. Knights and Sharks tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena. Bruce, thanks very much for coming by. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy the uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, and if you come, you know, you have to tell Gary what dessert you're bringing. Well, yeah, cannolis are taken care of. <laughs> so I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm limited. All right, well, we'll, we'll work on that.
in between practice sessions, of course. Thanks, Bruce. All right. Thanks, fellas. That's Bruce Cassidy, our guest here in Studio 31. We'll be right back. This is Nighttime at Noon. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12.38 at this mark in Las Vegas. I love live radio. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the flagship radio station of the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. We're also streaming live simulcast on all of the Golden Knights digital channels from Facebook to X and you name it. There's so many. I can't even keep track of them all. There are so many. But uh, chances are, if you're listening, you know where they are. The best part about Bruce, not that you're ever afraid to ask questions, but, you know, we're we're part of the team here. We We work for the team, and we want to keep it real and give you the best content. Some some people get rankled by some kinds of questions. Bruce doesn't. There's I've never thought twice about what I was going to ask yeah. him. I've never paused and thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't. It's just bang. Yeah. You know, you just throw it out there. I wish I could remember where I got this word of advice, but in approaching an interview, that there's no such thing as an indiscreet question, only an indiscreet answer. So you can ask a question, yeah. and as long as it's not rude, <laughs> you've yeah. got to be able to ask a difficult question, and it's on the person answering it mm. to handle it. And as you say, Bruce handles those questions. He, he's, you know, if you throw him the curveball, he doesn't whiff at it. I mean, he no. sees what's coming. And he will, to his credit, every once in a while he'll go, yeah, I'm not telling you that. Yeah. And, well, and yeah, like, it, like, like maybe twice a year. <laughs> and it's not uh, it's not a big deal. Right. It's yeah. uh, And it's not because... Like he, I don't think he believes in a lot of the. Uh, I gotta, gotta keep everything close to the vest. I you know I can't let them know about that. If a guy's out for six weeks, he's out for six weeks. Yeah. And, anyways. Yeah, it's our job to ask the question. Yeah, it's sure. His job yeah. to and answer he does, it or choose to sidestep it. He does a great job yeah. of answering them, and and he can sidestep them. Just saying, he doesn't do it very often. Yeah, and, and I was glad that you brought up the question that you asked Bruce after the Arizona game the other night which was that mindset not afraid to talk about winning a championship down the stretch through the postseason last year not afraid you know to touch the money you know to to talk about the goal and you brought it up you know now in this setting and uh, and he talked about it a little bit but I thought that was really interesting well and the reason that I brought it up is because the players have been so open to discuss it. You and I were having a conversation with Shea Theodore the other day. Right. He's talking about his wedding and his Stanley Cup party at his parents' house up in British Columbia. And, you know, kind of, oh, so what's next, Shay? And, well, win another Stanley Cup. And, and I loved this line. And I, no one else likes it as much as me, but I loved oh, it. Oh, I loved it. I know what He's, you're going to say. He I, remember, said, I even wrote it down. He said, that's why I walked through the door today. And that was like, you know, everybody has a reason why they go to work. For some people, it's to get to get paid. For some people, they're trying to, you know, get a raise or get the next job. I'm sure Shea Theodore wants to, you know, put up a lot of points and have another, you know, Con Smythe type conversation season. But that's in his, in bearing his soul, and he was... It was wide open about this. He's like, yeah, winning again. And uh, 
Alex Petrangelo, I talked to him one day. No one was around, and he showed up early. Like he, when I got, I came back from Canada on August sixth, and I came into the office to see what was on my desk, and you know, just kind of what needed to be done. And I looked out on the ice, and there was Petro, and he was, you know, that's early August. He was already on the ice, and it's, guys started getting added on after that. But I, so I was asking him the other day, you know. What's your where, where where are you this year? He's like right away because well, we we need to try and win again. We've got the group. We brought everybody. They, the management did its job. They brought they were able to bring everybody back. Which you know everyone keeps saying this. Hey, they brought everybody back. It never happens in the salary cap era. Tremendous work from the front office. To they made a really hard decision. The hardest decision ever made in in the history of the Golden Knights was to trade. Riley Smith. And people might jump up and say Mark Andre Fleury. No. I agree with you. It's not the same thing. I, I totally it's agree. It's not the same thing at yep. all. Yep. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is beloved by the fan base for a great reason. Very different situation. Teammates loved them too. Yeah. Riley Smith wore a letter here from day one till the moment he left, yep. and he won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Different situation. And, and he will be missed, not just because of his production, his penalty killing, his leadership, his sense of humor. I mean, he will be missed now and later on but that leaves an opportunity for other people and it might be different areas a young player will step up or a veteran player will take on more leadership someone else will wear that a etc etc uh you know just as you know you you think gary about the the different ways that a team grows and where it is now you know where were the golden knights on this date a year ago. Sure, you hope that they would win the Stanley Cup. Every team embarks on a new season with that aspiration. But it, it is a little bit different. You talk about the team coming back, and it, and it seems like they're aware of it, they appreciate it, but they're not reliant upon it. Well, because we have the same group, that automatically means we're going to accomplish the same things. It simply is a recognition that they have a, a little bit of a head start in all of the the chemistry, the schemes that Bruce Cassidy has put into place. They know each other. Things are more second nature. There's not that learning curve. And we'll only know in time if those things have really been a benefit rather than a reason to be complacent. Oh, it's the same team. We're going to get back there. It's, you know, it's human nature, but it's a long season. It'll be more than 100 games if they get back to the point where they were last year. For sure. Kelly McCurman has a great expression. Every team run its, runs its own race. Yeah. And... The race starts again. You don't start at game 82 where you're already, you know, you win the Pacific, you win the, the Western Conference, and you're the home seed uh, to start the playoffs. That doesn't happen. You, you've got you to do everything, and thank God. That's what makes it so so fun and so exciting. But there hasn't been, you know, there's going to be a gut-wrenching injury at some point in time. There's going to be a winning streak. There's going to be a losing streak. There's... Who knows what's going to happen? There might be a trade. There's, you know, it's all, all this is in is in front of of the Golden Knights and and us and the fans and management and everybody. It's that that's what hope springs eternal for all thirty two, and what's what makes it so fun. Just when you said that, and we probably have to break, but you said you know that where were they this time last year? Nick Hague didn't have contract. 
And, and, and he cemented himself, too. I mean, it's yeah. easy to forget that a couple of years ago, I mean, he was not necessarily one of the six defensemen. I mean, he was kind of in and yeah. out a little bit. He was playing more games than not, but still, he cemented himself. Uh, I'll tell you what. The difference this year over other years, other teams come in, Nick Hague's name's going to be on the board. Watch this guy. Yeah, look out. Don't fool around with this guy. He'll take care of you. Yep. Yeah, so... We have a little bit more time of the program coming up. We've got some news and notes and get you ready for the San Jose Sharks. But let us first tell you about the spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara, California. It is spectacular and a crown jewel in the Foley Entertainment Group. Located right by the ocean, experience oceanside views in one of the 121 luxury guest rooms and suites. Taste the region's finest wine at the Society State and Mason Tasting Room and treat yourself to an unparalleled massage at Majorelle all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, we are broadcasting around the world right now. Hotel Californian is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking a -a one-of-a-kind luxury experience. Visit HotelCalifornian.com to book your next stay. We'll be right back. This is Nighttime at Noon. Hey, Vegas Golden Knights fans. It's Jack Eichel. You're listening to Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Listen to Golden Knights Radio anywhere in the realm. Well, thanks, Jack. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless back in Studio 31. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas, our flagship home for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Well, Script, Score, uh, Script Sports is our new television broadcast home. The Golden Knights are on Script Sports bringing all locally broadcast games to fans within the team's broadcast territory. Fans can watch the Golden Knights through Script Sports, which is here in town, Vegas 34. Vegas 34 on multiple distribution channels, including over the air. Visit the Golden Knights website today for more information about Script Sports and how you can watch the Golden Knights this season. Welcome back. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless here. Nighttime at noon. A few minutes to wrap up the program and get you ready for the San Jose Sharks and the Knights tomorrow at T-Mobile Arena. First, uh, as we get into the news and notes, a somber note, Gary, that Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames, Chris Snow, passed away over the weekend, and his story has been quite public. He's battled ALS publicly. Um, He and his wife, Kelsey, have waged a courageous battle, and uh, Chris uh, succumbed to that illness. Uh, Several of his organs were preserved for donations, so he's saving other lives, not to mention all that he has done to raise awareness for ALS experimental treatments. And amazing to think, Gary, what a career he has had. He's a young man, early 40s, started out as a writer mm-hmm. at the Daily Orange at Syracuse University. And what a terrific career he had on the journalism side, the hockey side, of course, and a very special person and a very special family we wanted to remember today. Yeah, he wrote about minor league baseball for a time in uh, in St. Paul and then uh, moved around to a, a number of papers. Uh, Dave Gosher and Chris were uh, were good friends. Uh, he, he was on experiment, an experimental drug for a number of years, and it extended um, his lifespan by quite a bit. And uh, the great benefactors of that were his children. He, um, you know, he... Obviously, he leaves a wife and two kids, and they're all heartbroken. And I'm thinking about those little kids an awful lot. Uh, this was a special father for sure, and uh, just some of the stuff that they they posted online over the years. He would, uh, you know, 
get the skates on as often as he could and well beyond when anyone thought he was going to be able to to do things and participate with his children. So uh, the hockey world will, will miss him, but uh, nothing will compare to the to the hole he leaves uh, in in his own home. And uh, his wife is a really courageous woman. She wrote and blogged and tweeted and Instagrammed throughout uh, that illness, and so much of it was hopeful. And uh, and now in the end, uh, you know, he, yeah, I don't want to say he lost his battle. He didn't lose anything, but uh, he's gone. And that's, uh, that's somber is a great word, Dan. Indeed. And uh, continues to give hope to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. A lot of folks. Well, that is, of course, the headline in the hockey world over the weekend. There are some hockey-related news items, Gary. And just today, word from one of the Anaheim Ducks Young rising stars Trevor Zegras has signed a contract. Three years, almost $6 million for that contract. That is big news for the Ducks. You've got Pat Verbeek stepping in. Alex Kalorn, who had been acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning after a long run there, he is injured. He's going to be out four to six weeks. That's a big bit of news for the Anaheim Ducks here in the Pacific Division. Yeah, that'll take him to free agency. And... I'm a Trevor Zegers fan. Uh, you know, the the whole, uh, he does a Michigan thing, whatever. Um, I wouldn't do it, but it gets a lot of people whatever. interested yeah, in the game, uh, and I got no problem. I couldn't that. do it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, whether I would or not, it is, well, you know, I mean, like, it's uh, virtue untested, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't yeah. do it. Well, you couldn't do it, so shut up. You know what I mean? Not you in particular, but, sure, uh, royal, yeah. yes, yeah, the royal, the royal you. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a talent, and I think he is going to push the boundaries offensively. I also think that he has a competitive streak, and at one point in time he's going to wake up and go, hmm, maybe I should focus a little bit more on this and less of that. And I, I do think he's going to be a special player. Jamie Drysdale, the young defenseman for the Ducks, uh, injured last year against the Golden Knights. He has still not signed a new contract. Vegas does play Anaheim in the second home game of the year. It's the third game overall, so just something to keep an eye on mm-hmm. there uh, in the Pacific Division, some news from the Ducks. Uh, in the other conference, Gary, one of the perennial powers in the East, Tampa Bay Lightning and their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, who has been among the very best at his job over the last handful of years. Surgery will be out a couple of months. Yeah, he's going to miss at least two months, so it'll be interesting how the Lightning handle that. I you know, when a team wins, they have to the in order to win, you have to you have to keep older players and pay them. And uh, at some point in time, it, it catches up with you. You wonder is this the start of the window closing for the Lightning? I'm not betting against them, but uh, this is a major blow. Yeah, talks with Steven Stamkos about a contract extension have uh, been public and not very good. So that's a couple of things happening around the National Hockey League here in. The Vegas Golden Knights world, preseason games, a few of them left. Tomorrow, the San Jose Sharks. Thursday against Colorado at home. That's Pride Night on Thursday against the Avalanche. And then the final game will be on Saturday afternoon in Los Angeles. What are you looking for tomorrow against the Sharks, Gary? A few guys are battling for jobs, so I'll be interested to see uh, if William Carlson's in the lineup, who's on his wing. We'll keep an eye on that tomorrow. At T-Mobile Arena, Vegas and San Jose. Knights coming off their first preseason victory the other night against the Arizona Coyotes.
That just about wraps up our program today. Big thanks to our huge crew for the launch of this season's Nighttime at Noon. Jared Justice back in the studio. Who is here at Studio 31? Bryn, Justin, Chavez, Gordo, Kaylee, and Rachel. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. For Gary Lawless, our guest Bruce Cassidy, Dan Duva saying so long. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.